You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. I have the privilege of starting um, this new series here at Hill City called Haunted. And I really wanted to do um, some like really creepy music with that, like Twilight Zone. Doo, 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 doo. But I forgot to tell them that part of it. Um, and then today, the first message today is haunted by your past. We all have a past. Good, bad, ugly. It's yours and yours alone. Um, you might share some memories from your past, but your past is yours. Kind of like your fingerprints, no two past is the same. Um, We like to take our past and we like to talk about it with our friends and our family. We like to reminisce about the fun things that we've done in our past. Uh, I have four kids and they have done some really, really crazy, downright head scratching things. And they usually share that with us. They usually share that with us later on, like after it's passed. And Bill and I sit there and we're like, you did what? Like. That's crazy, but we can laugh about it. Why? Because they're still alive. It's true. True story. Um, as a matter of fact, if you live here, you know that the Air Force Academy is um, renovating their chapel. And a few weeks ago, Bill and I had the pleasure of hanging out with his friends at the uh, reunion. And to listen to them talk about all the pranks that they pulled while they were at cadets at the academy was uh, just, it's fun to watch them. And we were sitting around a dinner table and they were all reminiscing and talking about it and everything. And uh, the one story in particular that Bill told was when the academy was being renovated in passing, he said to me, I wonder how many arrows they found up there. I'm like, what? And he said, well, we used to go out at night and we would shoot arrows up over the spires of the chapel to try and hang a sign that said, go Air Force, beat Army. And they did it on more than one occasion and it, they never succeeded. Now I'm a visual person, so in my mind I'm thinking, well, who pulled the short end, short straw and had to be on the other side of the academy in the middle of the night waiting for arrows to come over at them? That was not the lucky person, but they failed, they never made it. So those are all fun memories that, that we can pull from, we can laugh. I'm a scrapbooker. I love to put my photos um, from my kids' young years, putting them in a scrapbook and reminiscing about them. But what about the ones that cause you um, to be shame or guilt? What about our past mistakes? What about our past sins, um, the regrets that we have, the fears that we have, the trauma, whether self-inflicted or inflicted by someone else? What about those that keep pre creeping up on us? Um, we take our past with us wherever we go. We can't run from it. We can't hide from it. But I'm sure all of you have had some of those moments where you regret. I have some moments in my past that um, were traumatic. And I'm going to share a couple with you because then I'm going to share with you ways that I make sure that those don't haunt me at all, that they're just stories now. Um, one of those was um, I was 18 years old. Some of you have heard this story before. Um, I was 18 years old working in a church pharmacy or church a hospital pharmacy and a garden level pharmacy in the basement. And I worked the night shift. 
11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And I only worked Friday and Saturday nights. Um, and the pharmacist, it was the pharmacist and the pharmacy tech. That was me. And hi, buddy. <laughs> and, um, and it was just the two of us that worked. And I got called in to work on a Thursday. Not my normal shift, not my normal night, but I went ahead and went in anyways. And about four in the morning, I decided I was done with all my work. And the man I worked with, the pharmacist I worked with that night, um, I'm just going to call him Grumpy Bob. If he said two words to you, it was a good night. If he said more than two words to you, um, usually they were mean or sometimes quite vile. So we'll just keep that. He, um, he said I could go and go on break. And I decided to go upstairs. And as I was walking past the morgue and the elevator, now garden level basement, there's no other people on this floor except down the hallways in the emergency room. That's it. So I go past, I go up this ramp and into the stairway, and there's two men coming down in white lab coats. But they, I'd never seen them before. I had no idea who they were. I said hi to them and kept walking. I was gone for about five minutes. When I came back down, I walked into the pharmacy, only one way in, one way out, three rooms. I walked to the right to go find Grumpy Bob, and he wasn't there. When I came back out, there was a man pointing a gun at me. My natural instinct was to turn around and walk right back out the door I came into. But he was faster than me. He grabbed me. And he had his arm around my neck and a gun to my head. And he was dragging me around the pharmacy and asking me um, where the security guards were. And I just said to him, um, I think very snarkily, I just said, uh, probably doing their job. And he pulled me into the third room and opened up the safe. And there's Grumpy Bob sitting there with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and looking up at me. And they pushed me in the safe, shut the door. It was dark. The safe was probably the size of your hall closet, not very big. And I can't tell you how long we were in there. What I can tell you is that it was very traumatic because they had masks on their face in the pharmacy. I was the only one that could, could identify them. So I had to go through a trial. So that was pretty, pretty traumatic for an 18-year-old to go through. Then there was a time in my life that was probably one of the most challenging um, times that I ever had to go through. Um, it was a time of emotional pain. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of um, turmoil. Um, I didn't know what the future held for me or my family. I had many family and friends that told me sage wisdom, advice that I should be doing. But it was a really dramatic time, but in a different way. There were days that I didn't even want to wake up and start my day. I was emotionally drained. I was depleted. And I was unsure of myself as a wife or a mom. So you see, we have things in our past that cause us pain and unpleasant memories that follow us. But let me ask you a question. Why? Why do we let those mistakes, why do we let those sins, those fears, those regrets, that trauma take up so much space in our present? See, I can relay these moments, and yes, they cause me emotional turmoil right now but they're just stories to me. 
I feel like I've overcome them. They don't define who I am. But the unpleasant parts are just stories now. They're a part of me, of course. But I can speak about them without reliving them. And today I'm going to explore some biblical truths to help you get past um, letting those things creep up on you and take space in your present. So how many of you like to purge? Yeah, hello. Yeah. I tend to be a little bit of a pack rat. I'm not even looking over in his direction. <laughs> um, but I like to get rid of old stuff too. I, there are times where I have my husband take several bags of stuff to the Goodwill. So a few months ago, we were getting new carpet in our bedroom and we had to clear out everything from the bedroom. And I have a little cabinet next to my bed. And so I thought, well, I might as well, it was really heavy. So I might as well clear that out. So as I'm doing that, I'm finding old books that I thought I would read. No, so out they went. I thought I found old Bible studies that I wanted to keep. And then I found my journals at the very back. And um, full disclosure, not the best journal keeper. Um, uh, the first one I opened started in uh, October of 2009, and then it was nothing until uh, March of 2010. So, so not the best journal keeper. But I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to look at what I wrote, the things that I was feeling, um, what was on my mind. Um, I found I sat there for like well over an hour, two hours. Um, I had written down notes from Sunday sermons. I'd written down things from devotions. I'd written down questions I had about something that I'd read in the Bible, um, mostly about um, just just life and what, what my frustrations were. But you know, the one thing I noticed in my writing um, were two words, two words that I wrote after uh, a frustrating day or after something that was really bugging me or after even some, some victories, these two words. Um, there was, you know, written during emotionally draining times of discouragement. Um, and the only reason I'm telling you this is because when Josh assigned me this haunted by your past, I thought, this is going to be a piece of cake. I've had a lot of past mistakes and turmoil and tragedy in my life, and I've never let it really bother me. And so I'm like, this would be easy. And um, he gave me a, a Bible story. And I'm thinking, as I'm trying to figure this out, I could not connect the dots. I couldn't figure it out. And I talked to him about it. And I sought some counsel from other people. And I'm like, I, I have points. I have biblical references. But I can't tie everything together. So I prayed about it. And I, I like I said, I sought guidance. And then I listened to a friend of mine a few weeks ago give a sermon, um, and uh, she, the title of her sermon were those two words that I had written throughout my entire Bible, or throughout my, my journal. And the only reason I'm telling you this is because um, clearly I felt like God was speaking to me. And these two words are found over 40 times in the Bible, in this exact form. And then a plethora of other times in, a, in kind of a different way, worded a little bit differently, but the same meaning. So I felt very strongly that the Holy Spirit was leading me in this direction. So yes, the title of this story is Haunted by Your Past, but I'm renaming it Haunted by Your Past, But God. You see the But God parts of my stories that I told you? Those two men that robbed the pharmacy that night, that morning, early morning at 4 a.m., they were brutal murderers. They were brothers. They had a long history of theft. 
they had a long history of um, just brutal stuff. They never, ever left a witness, ever. I was the first one, me and Grumpy Bob. Um, during the trial, the older brother put out a contract on my life. I didn't know it until they arrested the person that was supposed to kill me. Um, I was the only one that could testify against them, and it's, I spent many days um, sitting in a courtroom um, you know, explaining what they did. I had to identify the gun, all the good stuff. Jim would know how that works. Um, and at the tender age of 18, calm was not my go-to reaction for things. But it was then. Because God, but God, had intervened. And he had given me this calm demeanor, enough to even be snarky to, to them at one point. But God. But God was there. And I didn't know God then. I wasn't a believer. During that most challenging time in my life when I was being given advice from those around me to go, to start over. In those moments when I was depleted and I was trying to figure out my next steps, I would just throw up my hands and say, I'm done. But God intervened. He told me to stay. Not once, not twice, but every single time that I had doubts. I heard the word stay, loud and clear, soft whispers, sometimes very loud. And as hard as it was during that time, I obeyed that command. Because let me be honest, some, sometimes he was yelling at me. It was the second best decision of my life. I'm better for that time. I learned a lot about myself, stuff I didn't like. But I wasn't too bullheaded to change. Because my but God moment walked me through it. So I'm going to venture to guess that you've all been through a but God moment. You've all had them. And if not, if you haven't had one, I'm confident you will. So today we're going to delve into lots of scripture. 30 some slides from what I've been told. I'll try and make it brief. Um, and I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to try and answer the question. How do we recognize that my past sins, my hurts, my fears, the trauma, that need to, they need to stay in the past? How do we keep from being haunted by our past? I want to first look at the biggest but God moment in the history of the church. And you all know that. When Jesus was lying in the grave and the enemy was saying, oh, victory, victory. But God raised him from the dead. And then the second one I want to talk about is, I'm sure you all know our friend Saul. Saul was his Jewish name, and then he later on went by his Roman name, Paul. Saul was a brutal and violent persecutor of the church. Um, he had found pleasure in rounding up new believers in Jesus and putting them in jail, torturing them, and sometimes even having them murdered. He stood by and watched Stephen be stoned to death, and he approved. So let's take a look at Saul's but God moment. Let's read in Acts chapter 9. And um, we're going to read verses 1 through 7 first, or 6. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there, there who belonged to the way, Jesus, whether men or women, he might make them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. 
Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So here we hear Jesus say that Saul was persecuting him, and yet Jesus had already gone up to heaven. Saul had never met him before. He had heard about him. Jesus had died and gone back to heaven. Jesus was letting Saul know that by persecuting all believers, he was persecuting Jesus in, 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 by extension God. Jesus is God. So let's be clear. Paul was a man of God. He was a religious leader. He obeyed the laws. He implemented the laws. He followed the laws. And here Jesus was saying, stop persecuting me. We'll keep going. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he was, has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here by authority of the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. That was an ultimate but God moment. Right there. Right? Paul set an example for moving forward from his past mistakes. Now he knew Jesus, right? And rather than live in shame and regret, over all that he had done, constantly reminding himself, constantly bringing that past up and letting him know what a horrible person he was and all the sins he had committed against the believers, he believed that God was going to use him, warts and all. Paul didn't try to run from his past, but instead he used his past to teach and to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In his first letter to Timothy, he expressed that he was the worst of sinners, but that God was using him for his glory. 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. Paul knew what he had done. He didn't live there. He used it. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who believe in him. In his letters to the Corinthians, he acknowledged again that his sins from the past, but not as a shameful, remorseful man, but instead of as, as a testament to how God can use even the most sinful person to reach others. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not deserve to be called an apostle, because I have persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. He said he worked harder than all of them. That's us. We are all sinners of some kind or another. We all have a past that we regret. We all have things that we'd rather not be remembered for. But God, in his great mercy and grace, will use it for his kingdom. That's what it's all about, telling others about your God moments, your but God moments, 
and encourage them that God loves them and that his mercy and grace applies to them also. So how can we stop being haunted by our past so that God can use us fully for his, for his glory? Point number one, if you're taking notes, here's where you take them. Remember who God says you are. God says you are his beloved child. Galatians 3.26 says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Our faith in Jesus Christ confirms our identity as a child of God. God says we are his valuable masterpiece. We are create, created in his image. We are favored. We are precious. We are honored. We are blessed. We are wonderfully made. We are a new creation. We are treasured and loved. I love all these beautiful words that God uses to describe me. I don't always fit that description. All of these are biblical illustrations of who God says we are. We aren't made up of our past sins. Don't let the past tell you who you are. Knowing Jesus and the truth of the gospel is freedom. The past says you aren't good enough. But God says you are his precious son or daughter. Point number two. Remember how Satan works. What lies are you believing from the enemy? What is he telling you? If you're battling your past, you have to recognize who keeps throwing it in your face. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The enemy breeds guilt. And guilt is destructive and it will not come from God. Let me repeat that. Guilt is destructive and it will not come from God. Conviction is not the same as guilt. Guilt is meant to keep you down. It's meant to bring you shame and lead you farther into the darkness. But conviction is the Holy Spirit trying to move you out of there and away from your sin. The enemy comes to lie, kill, and destroy. But God says, I will give you life and life to the fullest. Point number three, forgiveness is your best tool. Learn to forgive and move on. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. This is in Christ, I'm sorry. When we forgive, we let go of any resentment that we have and the hurt that invades our thoughts. They may also contribute to ill health. So let go and make room for healing and health of yourself and your relationships. And I've heard people say, just forgive yourself for what you've done. And I'm going to counter that with you don't have to forgive yourself. You don't have to justify yourself because Jesus did that work on the cross. Meaning, meaning God's forgiveness is sufficient. And when we accept that very, very free gift of salvation, the work in us starts. And God can use those battle wounds for our past and his glory. If we let our past have so much power over us, we will always be justifying our actions instead of getting on with who God has called us to be. The past wants to keep you dwelling in anger, fear, self-pity, and resentment. But God says, I will give you peace through love and forgiveness. And lastly, point number four. Forward is the only way to go. Trust God's plan. 
So this guy named Michael McMillian, I, apparently he's an actor, but I really like his quote. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. That's true. Isaiah 43, 18 says this, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. And Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says this. Told you there's a lot of scripture, guys. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God is writing your story, your story. And he's going to write it with you or without you. If you sit in the past and you're consumed with the what ifs or I woulda, shoulda, coulda done that, you become chained to regret. And I like this quote from David Lindell. When your past is allowed to dominate your present, it stifles your ability to pursue God's plan for your future. Our past definitely shapes our present, our character, our integrity, our desires even. But we can't sit there. Sitting there prohibits us from having that but God moment. And I want you all to have a but God moment. Forward is the only way to go. You can't go back. You can't change your past. You can resolve to not let your past define you. You can resolve to forgive. You can resolve to let Jesus take the lead. Be the best captain. He, he is the best captain of your ship. Your job is to be the best co-captain for him. So let me wrap this all up with this whole idea of purging of all the old stuff you've held on to. And I'm going to say purge the old feelings of regret and remorse. Purge the trauma that you think defines you. Get rid of the defeat that is collecting dust in the vast corners of your mind. Purge the guilt that rears its ugly head now and then. Leave it in a big black trash bag of old junk and then cling to the lessons learned. Cling to the strength and courage gained because you walked through those times and came out the other side with a new perspective, a greater faith, and a new path. Cling to the promises of, but God. But God is my strength in an ever-present storm. But God is the lover of my soul. But God is the one who will never leave me nor forsake me. But God will give me new life and direct my path. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you for every person in this room um, taking the time out, Father, to come here and listen to your word. Um, I pray that um, whoever needed to um, hear it and resonate um, with what was said, with what the Holy Spirit um, filled them with, Father God, I pray that they leave today and they know that their past does not define them. You are a good, good Father, and we love you. And we pray, Father, that as we go out today, that we can remember who you've called us to be, that you've called us your children. We can remember what the enemy's work is, what he wants to do. It causes shame and guilt. But you take that away from us. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.